It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 775, 14th of January, 2022. This week, every modern computer operating system has a built-in way to capture information that's on the screen. But if you need more than just a basic screenshot, Snagit is the right choice. In short circuits, Adobe's Creative Cloud Express is free for anyone to use, and it works online via a web browser or with apps on Windows, Mac OS, iOS, and Android. You'll find lots of ways to get information from people who don't suspect they're giving away details scammers need to steal their identity on Facebook. And in 20 years ago, only on the website, TechSmith's Snagit was the lead story back then, and the 12-year-old application was already improving every year. Windows, Mac OS, and Linux all have built-in functions to capture screenshots. So why does anybody need Snagit? I'll be answering that question in the next couple of minutes. Snagit has been around since 1990, 32 years. Windows has been able to capture screen images for much of that time, and yet Snagit continues to be the application used by those who need to document computerized processes. That doesn't mean just those who write documentation, though. Every week's TechBiter blog post includes images created by Snagit, and the company says it has more than 73 million users around the globe, so it must be doing something right. Although TechSmith also offers a video production tool called Camtasia, Snagit can create basic videos in addition to the screen captures that can be annotated using some 20 tools. Simply put, Snagit is essential for anybody who needs more than the most basic image of the screen. The primary market for Snagit may be business users, documentation professionals, and educators, but it's also helpful for individuals who need to help friends and family members use their computers. Software developers use Snagit to create documentation for users. Corporate HR departments use Snagit to explain systems used by employees. Those who have problems with a computer program use Snagit to capture information that software developers can use to resolve the problem. Office workers who know how to use infrequently used business processes use Snagit to share their knowledge with coworkers. Instructors, teachers, and professors use Snagit to highlight important points in lessons and lectures. And anyone who needs to show anyone anything that appears on a computer screen can use Snagit. So if you see an illustration of a computer program on the TechBiter blog, there's about a 99.97% chance that it originated in Snagit. I do use screen captures from software publishers on rare occasions, but my preference is always to show the screens that illustrate how I use the program in testing. Snagit is available for Windows and Mac OS computers, and it is so much more than just a way to capture what you see on the screen. If you have a window that's wider or longer than what can be shown on the screen, Snagit can scroll both vertically and horizontally. You'll find this to be quite helpful if you need to capture a long web page or a chat message. 
The all-in-one capture function allows users to decide at capture time whether to grab the full screen, a window, an area of the screen, or a scrolling area. They do that after starting the capture process. Snagit can also extract text from a screen capture or file so that it can be pasted into another document. The video recorder function included with Snagit allows users to record a process on the computer screen and even to add a picture-in-picture -picture frame from a camera that's built into the computer. This can make explaining a process much easier because it can also capture audio from the system, a microphone, or both. Snagit's video capture and editing processes are much simpler than those offered by the much more complex and much more expensive Camtasia, but the functions are very impressive for an application that costs less than $70. So maybe you're wondering what's new for 2022. The first thing you'll notice with the 2022 version of Snagit is that there is a new file format, SnagX instead of just Snag. So you'll need to convert any existing files if you want to continue using them with Snagit 2022. Why is this? Well, TechSmith's objective was to create a single file format that works on both Windows and Mac OS computers, so users can open and edit the same file on both platforms. The SnagX file format replaces the Snag format on Windows and the Snag Proj format on Macs. The ability to save and share files on third-party platforms has been expanded. Snagit 2022 makes it possible for users to store a library in the cloud and access captures from any computer. Snagit supports Box, Dropbox Business, Dropbox Personal, iCloud, currently for Windows only, OneDrive for Business, and OneDrive Personal. A few of the new features are platform-specific, such as the ability for macOS users to dim areas of the screen that allows attention to be focused on a specific area, and transparent fills for some objects on Windows systems. What I thought initially was an annoyance is the result of a new feature. In earlier versions of Snagit, pressing Ctrl-S to save a modified file that had previously been finished simply saved the file. Now using Ctrl-S to save a file that has already been finished opens a dialog box, displays the existing file name, and requires the user to confirm the overwrite. Now that seemed like a bug, but it's not. Once a file has been finished, which used to be TechSmith's term for initially saving the file, changes are automatically saved. In fact, it's no longer necessary to press the Finish button at all. The file is saved automatically as captured and saved again when the user makes updates. This functionality is already present in many web-based apps. Microsoft's OneNote has automatically saved changes for years, perhaps all the way back to the beginning. Adobe's Lightroom and Lightroom Classic automatically save changes, so it's definitely not a bug. It is a feature. Instead of pressing Ctrl-S to save the changes you've made to a file, just let Snagit save the file for you. So the bottom line, Snagit 2022 gets five cats. It continues to be an indispensable utility for anybody who wants to capture screenshots. TechSmith has been updating and improving Snagit for more than three decades. The developers still haven't run out of ideas for making an already essential application even more useful.
A new Snagit license costs $63, and updates from previous versions are $35. Site licenses for more than 100 users are priced at $31 per seat. Educational licenses are as low as $23, and there is a discount for government and nonprofit users. You'll find additional details on the TechSmith website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, effective on Monday of this week, Adobe discontinued Illustrator Draw and Photoshop Sketch. These free mobile apps have been replaced by Creative Cloud Express, which is also free and does a lot more. Creative Cloud Express also replaces Adobe Spark on the web and Adobe Spark Post on iOS and Android devices. Creative Cloud Express is included for all Creative Cloud users, and it's available separately for $10 a month, but there is also a free version that has a lot of features. There is no charge at all to sign up for Creative Cloud Express, and the free plan includes thousands of templates, design assets, and Adobe fonts, a limited collection of free assets from Adobe Stock, basic editing and photo effects, including the ability to remove backgrounds and animate graphics, the ability to create and edit on the web and mobile devices, and two gigabytes of storage. All that's free. For users who want more than what the free plan offers, but aren't quite ready yet to license the full Creative Cloud program, there's a $10 per month Creative Cloud Express program. It includes all premium templates and design assets, access to more than 160 million Adobe stock photos, some of which may require an additional licensing fee for certain uses, some 20,000 Adobe fonts, curved type, grids, and font pairs. You'll also have the ability to refine cutouts, resize, and group graphics, the paid version of Creative Cloud Express includes your explicit branding, logo, colors, and fonts available via a single click. Also, the option to convert and export to and from PDFs and other file types. Access to Creative Cloud libraries where you can create, manage, and share templates and assets. And 100 gigabytes of storage. The paid membership also includes access to Adobe Premiere Rush, Adobe Photoshop Express, Adobe Spark Video, and Adobe Spark Page. There is a three-month free trial for the paid version, and of course the free version is simply free permanently. On a computer, you have the option of using the web interface or an app for Windows or Mac OS. Mobile users will need to download the free Adobe Creative Cloud Express app from the Google Play Store or the Apple Apps Store. Adobe has made it easy to modify the provided templates. The problem with templates is the template can be used by anybody. So then you see the template you used being used by somebody else. 
not so good. Instead, Creative Cloud Express templates are effective starting points. After you select a template, you can change the words, the typeface, the colors, the background. Text can be shaped, graphic elements can be added. It takes only a few minutes to personalize a template, and then it's yours exactly. I decided to try that with a Happy New Year template. Some of the options are Instagram stories and posts, Facebook posts, and posters. I selected Facebook. Templates are organized into categories such as events, lifestyle, sales and promotional, and seasonal. I selected seasonal, and the app showed me 179 seasonal templates for a variety of holidays. The template I selected had a headline that said, Merry and Bright in a script typeface with additional text that said, Wishing you a holiday season bursting with joy and celebration. I changed the typeface, the typeface color, and the text for the headline. Instead of having the text in straight lines, I wanted it to curve, so I added a curve effect. In place of the text, I decided to add a comment I had seen in December. Anything that doesn't kill you mutates and tries again. Maybe that's a little grim, but I found it to be amusing in kind of a dark way. Then I thought that perhaps a graphic element would be useful, so I added a sunburst. The entire project was saved automatically as I worked on it, so all that was left for me to do was export the file. I chose to use a PNG format. From beginning to end, the process took less than 10 minutes. My little New Year greeting certainly won't win any design awards, but perhaps it'll be enough to cause a few people to smile. To learn more about Adobe's Creative Cloud Express, just download the free app and start using it, or use it on the web or visit the Adobe website. You'll find a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Facebook is full of silly quizzes. A photo of four desserts is accompanied by text that challenges you to say which one must be eliminated. A friend perhaps has responded to this, so you had a comment. After all, how could it hurt? I've always recommended being very careful with these to ensure that you don't accidentally post information that could be used to steal your identity. A birth date, for example. But now I've decided it's better to avoid them entirely. Don't respond to them, even in jest. Don't like them. Don't share them. Many of these are designed to look like they came from a radio station. Hard Rock 103. Such a radio station may or may not exist. Or perhaps the quiz just looks like it came from some silly website with a silly name. Answering a question about which one of the four foods must be eliminated, or which of four singers, or which of four television programs, or what your cat's name would be if you had to name it after the last food you ate, the last book you read, or the last motion picture you saw. All of them pretty silly questions. Even a nonsensical answer benefits the operator of the page, though. Answering the question, sharing it, or even clicking the like button tells Facebook that you want to see more such content from the poster along with other similar posts. It also gives the page more value if the owner is trying to gain enough responses to make the page a good prospect for sale. Facebook will also show the quiz to your friends and encourage them to participate. Thanks, Facebook. 
Over time, these kinds of questions break down our cautions and our resistance to answering questions online. That makes it a lot more likely that we'll answer a potentially dangerous question in error. The truly dangerous questions are ones that use any information related to your birth date, your hometown, your first pet. Questions that display one word for each month in the year tell you that selecting one that corresponds with your birth month is your porn actor first name, or something like that. When you provide that information, the poster has your birth month. No big deal? Well, of course, the birth month isn't really a big deal, but the organization asking the question can save that information along with your Facebook ID number. Days or maybe weeks later, you answer another question that uses your birth day during the month, 1 to 31. That question might even appear to be from another page, but the page may be controlled by the one that already has your birth month. One more question, weeks or even months later, might identify your birth year and bingo, some scammer now has your full birth date. You already know how important it is to avoid questions that ask for a maiden name, the names of your grandparents, addresses or town where you grew up, and things like that. But it's easy to forget these cautions when the question is posted in a way that makes it seem innocuous. One tiny bit of information here, another little bit there, all seemingly unconnected. But when a scammer has enough of these little bits of information, they can be used to steal your identity, take over your computer or phone, or fool you with a social engineering ploy. If you use an application such as Social Fixer or Facebook Purity, you can block these kinds of messages on a desktop computer. It's more difficult on mobile devices, but apps such as Friendly, Simple Pro, or Swipe can eliminate some of the dangers. The key change in my thinking recently is to simply ignore the messages. Don't post any response at all, not even to warn others about the potential risk for abuse. Don't even add a like or a dislike. Just move on. If you see that a friend has responded to one of these potentially dangerous messages, call them or send them a private message or an email. Or you can just copy and paste a link of this article. There's a link to the link in the TechBiter Worldwide website. Linkety, linkety, link. You won't find any silly quizzes or scams in 20 years ago. Send your browser to the TechBiter Worldwide website, and this week you'll find this item from 2002. TechSmith's Snagit was the lead story in 2002, and the 12-year-old application was already improving every year. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session. <music>